of the past. Psalm 37 is what's called a wisdom psalm. It is a wisdom psalm since it speaks directly to man and not to God. The divine instruction given overall in this particular psalm is how we as God's people must rightly respond to the prosperity of the wicked. Now, in verses 23 through 33, David now highlights the provisions God supplies us with in the face of seeing the wicked prosper. Despite how the wicked seem to thrive and succeed, yet the people of God are not without all comforts in the midst of such turmoil and trouble. Three things we see. First, there is God's way by providence and how the Lord directs our way from the first, even keeping us from going under when overwhelmed. You see this in verses 23 and 24. The steps of a man are established by the Lord when he delights in his way. Though he fall, he shall not be cast headlong, for the Lord upholds his hand. What sweet, reassuring words. No matter, no matter what we face as God's people, God's providential power and care upholds us. We may fall, as the scripture says here, but it is not headlong. We may be cast down, but as Paul writes to the Corinthians, yet we're not destroyed. We may be taken apart, but we're not taken away. And speaking of the Apostle Paul to the Corinthians, this particular passage in Psalm 37, I just couldn't help this morning thinking about this one, one particular and very well-known scripture in 2 Corinthians chapter 12. 2 Corinthians chapter 12, verses 1 through 10. I'm just going to read all of this. Listen to what Paul writes here, because this gives us a good picture of what we're reading, okay, what we're reading assuring instruction-wise in Psalm 37. Paul writes here, I must go on boasting, though there is nothing to be gained by it. I will go on to visions and revelations of the Lord. I know a man in Christ. Now, Paul is actually speaking of himself here, though he's speaking in third person, okay? But he's writing about himself. He says, I know a man in Christ who 14 years ago was caught up to the third heaven. Don't you wonder what that is? Whether in the body or out of the body, I do not know. God knows. And I know that this man was caught up into paradise, whether in the body or out of the body, I do not know. God knows. And he heard things that cannot be told, which man may not utter. So Paul did not write a book after this and talk about when he went to heaven. And you know what I'm talking about, right? Yeah, there was none of that. He said man could not utter. Verse 5, on behalf of this man, I will boast, but... On my own behalf, I will not boast except of my weaknesses. Though if I should wish to boast, I would not be a fool, for I would be speaking the truth. But I refrain from it, so that no one may think more of me than he sees in me or hears from me. 
So to keep me from becoming conceited because of the surpassing greatness of the revelations, a thorn was given me in the flesh, a messenger of Satan to harass me, to keep me from becoming conceited. Three times I pleaded with the Lord about this, that it should leave me. But he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you. For my power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, Paul writes, I will boast all the more gladly of my weaknesses so that the power of Christ may rest upon me. For the sake of Christ, then, I am content with weaknesses, insults, hardships, persecutions, and calamities. For when I am weak, what does he say? Then I am strong. How could Paul be so strong when he was weak? One reason, one reason only. Because the Lord up held him. What did the Lord say to Paul? What did he reassure him? My grace is sufficient for you. My grace is enough. And th th think about it now. Think about when, when Paul had those, those sweet, kind, loving, reassuring words of the Lord Jesus spoken directly to him what was going on in Paul's life? He was facing a great trial. It was a great physical trial. A messenger of Satan was harassing him as Paul was given a thorn in his flesh. He said he pleaded with the Lord thrice for God to deliver him. But did the Lord deliver him? No, he did not. No, he did not. The Lord did not take the thorn away. The Lord instead reassured his precious child, all you need is my grace. That's sufficient. My power is made perfect in weakness. And Paul's response to what the Lord Jesus said? It was a response of faith. I will therefore gladly boast in my weaknesses, my calamities, my, the insults, the hardships, the persecutions. I will be content in that because when I am weak, then I'm strong. What was going on? Psalm 37, 23, 24. The steps of a man are established by the Lord. When he delights in his way, though he fall, though he has a thorn in the flesh, he shall not be cast headlong. Why? There's only one reason. For the Lord upholds his hand. My grace is sufficient for you. Aren't you glad that that promise is not just to Paul? 
That's to all of God's people. His grace is sufficient. He's upholding our hand. What's the second provision that we see? Well, another provision from the Lord out of Psalm 37 is his sustenance. God's sustenance, God's sustaining us. Verses 25 and 26, David writes, I have been young and now am old, yet I have not seen the righteous forsaken or his children begging bread. He is ever lending generously and his children become a blessing. While David never saw the righteous forsaken, that is forsaken by the Lord, Yet I want you to notice what he doesn't say. He doesn't say that he never saw the righteous afflicted. He doesn't say he never saw them afflicted. He just never saw them forsaken. He's making here a general observation that holds true for all of God's saints. That that even when we suffer, even when we suffer, the Lord continues to sustain us and sustain us Listen, he continues to sustain us with supplies that, frankly, we may take for granted. In fact, it's those really crass physical provisions that are in front of us every day, like that bowl of cereal or the warm bed you crawl into every night or the roof over your head. Where do you think all that comes from? The Lord has provided that for you. He's provided that for you. And in that provision, in that provision, we hear Psalm 37 say, I've never seen the, I've never seen the righteous forsaken. Never seen the righteous forsaken. The Lord will always make a way to provide for his own, even in the hardest, most difficult of times even when it seems and appears that, you know, there's no money in the account. We can't pay the bill. I remember many, many, many years ago, Lori and I were facing that with our mortgage. And she was heading to the post office, weeping before the Lord, crying out to God, Lord, Will you provide? She goes to the post office, goes into our box, and among the different mail that was there, she notices this this one envelope, and she opens it up because it was peculiar. She opens it up, and inside was a check, a check that was for the exact amount that we needed to pay our mortgage. How did that happen? I mean, did, did, did we contact the people that the check came from? No, they didn't even know. They did not even know. And I could give you many more stories like that, by the way. The way the Lord provides. It is shocking. It's amazing. The way he's provided for this little work of his kingdom. Because there's a few saints here, the Mises, and Brother Paul back there, and our family, and we can tell you the first two years, 
we weren't really sure Providence was going to survive. Those were lean. And yet the Lord amazingly provided and provided in ways that were astounding to us. But even in your own personal life as a Christian, God is always sustaining you, and he is sustaining you in ways that if you're not careful, if all you see is the problem, if all you see is the trouble, and the trouble's right here, then you're going to miss the sweet, sustaining grace of God that's, that's meeting you every step of the way. And in the most quiet and subtle ways. Thirdly, and lastly, the Lord gives us assurance that we will persevere because we are preserved by his power. The Lord gives us assurance that we will persevere because we are preserved by his power. Verses 27 through 29, and then verse 33, David exhorts, turn away from evil and do good. So shall you dwell forever. That's a call to perseverance, by the way. It's not a call to moralism. It's a call to persevere in the faith. For the Lord loves justice. He will not forsake his saints. They are preserved forever. But the children of the wicked shall be cut off. The righteous shall inherit the land and dwell upon it forever. The mouth of the righteous utters wisdom, and his tongue speaks justice. The law of his God is in his heart. His steps do not slip. The wicked watches for the righteous and seeks to put him to death. The Lord will not abandon him to his power or let him be condemned when he is brought to trial. Unlike the wicked, who we are told repeatedly in this psalm, they will be cut off. They will be. So unlike the wicked who will be cut off, God's people, we're told, shall dwell forever, be preserved forever, and even inherit the land, and that's in eschatological terms, you need to understand that, they will inherit the land and dwell upon it forever. Forever. We're talking here of last things, eschatology right here in Psalm 37. The new heavens, the new earth. But what is the big assurance here? The big assurance is that God will preserve us to persevere. He'll preserve us to persevere. We will make it. We will cross the finish line as it were. We'll make it to the end. Because we are His. And what does David say? He will not forsake His saints. He will not forsake his saints. The Lord will never leave you. He'll never forsake you. Paul the Apostle, writing Romans chapter 8, the beginning of Romans chapter 8, there's therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus, the end of Romans chapter 8. Nothing shall separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus. Because there is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Therefore, nothing shall separate you from the love of God in Christ Jesus. 
You are preserved by his power, and therefore, Christian, you will persevere. You will persevere. Because the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit will not forsake you. The triune God will keep you. Keep you forever. And you know and I know, if you have been a Christian for any great length of time, there are days when you need that kind of assurance. There are days you really need that kind of assurance. Because sometimes you wonder, am I going to make it? The trials can get that intense. But the Lord, because he's faithful, he will meet you, child of God, right where you are with everything you need to keep on keeping on, not to give up, not to throw in the towel. He's got you, sustaining you, providing for you all along the way. All along the way. Thank God. Thank God for such assuring mercy and grace and kindness that our Lord never fails to meet us with in all our circumstances, in all our trials. Let's pray. Our Holy Father, eternal in the heavens, sovereign, ruling, reigning over all things in our lives, missing nothing that we face and go through because you've ordained it all, Lord. Indeed, you've written it in your book before any of it ever existed. And so we thank you for such absolute controlling power and absolute immeasurable mercy that meets us, your children, in every step we take. Father, we thank you. We thank you. We pray, Lord, that what we have gained and what we have gleaned today from this portion of Psalm 37 we pray the Holy Spirit will seal these precious promises deep in our hearts. That as trying as our lives may be at certain seasons and times, and perhaps even at this very season right now, Lord, thank you for reminding us that you are upholding our hand all along the way. That though we may fall, yet we will never be cast down. Your grace is sufficient, and therefore we pray that you will strengthen us and strengthen our faith in you, Lord, to be even where your servant Paul was brought to be when he was finally able to say that he would be content in all of his weaknesses and infirmities and hardships and insults and persecutions because when he was weak, then he was strong, and we plead in earnest with you today, Lord, for that 
grace and the faith to lay hold of that grace. We pray, Father, that you would forgive us for every time we have stepped out into this world by sight and not by faith, every time that we have not trusted you with all of our hearts, but instead we have leaned on our own understanding. And we thank you, Lord, for every trial you send that reminds us we don't have what it takes. We don't have the goods in ourselves to sustain ourselves, to provide for ourselves, to persevere. All along the way, Lord, as your people, we need you in everything. And our reliance, therefore, is completely upon you, our great God. And we thank you, Father, for refreshing us with this precious truth this very day from your holy word. May it sustain us by your grace. May it strengthen us. May it grow us in our most holy faith. These things we pray in earnest. For the sake of our Lord Jesus, in his name, amen.